0: Um, If you need a title for the message, I guess the title would be futility. We're going to talk about our mind, the futile mind. Oh, I know, I know. What a popular subject, but it's a good subject and it will help us. Amen. It will help us. So let's go ahead and pray. Father God, I thank you. I praise you for this day, the time that we spend with each other and in your presence, Lord God, to sit at your feet, to learn, to learn you, Father God, to learn of Jesus, to learn Christ, that we are the hungry, we are the thirsty, Father God. That's why we come to hear so that we can do. And we thank you for that, Holy Spirit. You are the teacher, you're the leader, you're the guide, you're the disciplinarian, you're the discipler. And all of these things, Lord God, the instructor is your spirit in us, Father. So we thank you, Lord, for that instruction this morning. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. 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 So we're going to be um, reading from the New King James um, for this service, and um, we're going to start in Ephesians four and seventeen and eighteen. Well let me talk to you a few minutes about you know the Bible, it is a Bible word. Uh, futility is a Bible word. and really, if we don't realize What condition, let's say this, our mind is in. You know, we talk about the condition of our heart, and you know, we can talk about physical conditions, but when you talk about the mind, the mind is part of our three-part being, and we need to know the condition of our mind. We, we need to pay attention to what is coming up in our mind, what's racing in our mind, what's lodging and sticking in our mind, what we take in with our mind, what we put off with our mind, because that's how we do things. It's with our mind. And the mind's supposed to be a good thing. It was God's design. So the mind has to be a good thing. And um, we're gonna, we're going to look at that in the Word of God about the futile mind and that we don't want to live in futility. We don't have to live like that. We were not created to live live like that. We were not meant to live like that. It's the world that lives like that. And we have to guard and keep ourselves from that way. Amen? Amen. So Ephesians four seventeen and 18, talking about... The new man. It says, um, "This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk." Because you see, these are born again people. That you know, they've been, they've been, they've received Christ now, and they're learning the way of Him. It says that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them and because of the blindness of their heart. So I will just have to put this out there for us. Even in a born-again spiritual condition that's recreated, regenerated of God, I can have a blindness of heart. And you know what? I mean, I can become ignorant in things. I mean, when we start out, we are a new creature, but we have to learn Christ. We have to learn the way, learn the truth, learn the life. I know that today, those on live stream, those that are sitting in this meeting, we've come to learn or we wouldn't have gotten up. We wouldn't have tuned in if we weren't having a desire or thinking along that line, I am going to come and I'm going to learn. I'm going to learn something. That's what humility is all about. I tell our kids all the time in here. Humility. Can you be taught something that you don't already know? Can I teach you something that you think you know, but then I open the Bible and it's different than what you know? That's what humility is all about. Will you be teachable? And that's what this is about. We need to be teachable so we don't have a mind that's futile all the time. And really, in the Bible, I looked up a bunch of translations in this scripture. And the futile mind, it says it's a worthless mind. Now, we're not talking about us, okay? Do not hear me say that y'all are worthless or I'm worthless. I'm not worthless and neither are you. But, the mind and the thoughts, worthless, hopelessly confused. They're idle thoughts. This is a futile mind, a mind that's darkened, a mind that's ignorant, a mind that stays in that condition, even though we're we're in a brand, we're a brand new creature. A mind that is unproductive, ineffective, idle, vain. We don't want to be that. But yet if we don't watch it when we're out in the world. I was somewhere yesterday, definitely worldly. It was worldly, and um, and I knew that. And that's all that we could talk, not we, but negative, negative, ne- always on the side of what's not going to work, what's not going to be, what I don't have. Um, you know, always negative constantly. I mean, the whole three hours that we were there, the whole three hours, and I'm like... And I got in the car with Pastor Morgan. I said, thank you, Jesus. Morgan, we have such a good life. I mean, our life is so hopeful and so stable and so full of goodness and, and really positivity and truth. Because, of course, they weren't talking truth. They all knew the facts. But it didn't matter. We could sit in that knowing we, ha- we were going to be a part of the event. We knew that. But never phased, never phased, because we don't have a futile mind. We're working on not having, putting off that fut- futility, putting off that idleness, putting off that ineffectiveness, putting off that emptiness. We're putting it off. And you do it with the Word. You'll never do it without the Word. If you think you can just be a positive thinker, something will come to rip that positivity off you. There's something. But yet the Bible says, the Bible says we don't have to be ignorant and we don't have to have a blindness. See, blindness is different than a hardness of heart. I don't have a hard heart, and I know that. And I know y'all don't have a hard heart, but we can become blind. We can lose sight of what is truth and reality. Reality! The world is not going to give us our reality. Are you kidding me? They don't have it. They do not have our reality. But yet... Right here is our reality. Right here is the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. But people don't use the Bible like that anymore. They used to use it in the judicial system. You used to always have to put your hand on the Bible and repeat, after, repeat that. I don't even know if they repeat that anymore. The whole truth, nothing but the truth. So help you God. I mean, there was meaning in that. There was substance in that. Amen? Amen. So, quick thought about it when we start this. Feudal thoughts are going to lead us and produce futile actions. Actions that have nothing in them, nothing to them, won't bring us the results that we're looking for. Because it's not a question of we're not looking. We're looking. We're seeking. We know that. But a futile thought can't give you anything but a futile action. Because our thoughts become our actions. Our thoughts become our beliefs. And we walk in them. I was in a room full of people that were walking in them yesterday. Walking as hard as they could go. They knew every little thing about their walk and they decided to tell me. I'm like, wow, I'm glad you're standing up. I mean, I had no idea. I'm like, ooh, okay. But all I'm saying is that's not our way. That's not the way of the one that is practicing Christianity. We're practicing, amen? So turn with me to Colossians 2.8. I love the way God had everything covered. You know? I mean, seriously. God is on the mark now. God is a now God. You can tell me all you want that the Bible is just an old book, but God is a now. It's a now book. It's a now God. He's a now God. This is a now life. We're not waiting on life. We bind together with God, and that's the way we wait on God. But I'm not waiting on life. Life has been given. It's given. It's there for the receiving and the taking hold of. Amen? And it's too late to tell me you can't do it in the midst of trials. I've already done it. I've done it before everything got right. How about you? I know, I know y'all. I bet you you've done it before things got just right. Come on. Because we're in the Word. We're running after God. God. You know, we are. We're the ones seeking and looking. We're the ones, you know, purposing to hear. We're the ones warning to become and warning to do and warning to please God. That was the best, one of the best things when I first got born again all those years back that that the ministry would tell me, you can please God. And I'm but and I tried to tell people that because you know I'm excited. And they said, Hugh Ellen, you cannot please God. You can't please God. I'm thinking, the Bible says we can please God. But you know, I was talking to religion, because that's what I came out of, and they just would not accept that. They laughed in my face and mocked me. In fact, I won't even repeat I won't even repeat the things they said, but they mocked me and Pastor Morgan to the T. Did they not? Pastor Morgan? And they would call, they named us names of other ministers. And they mocked and mocked us and mocked us. And so every event we went to with our family, we were mocked. But you know what? It didn't matter because we, we were being taught truth. And so we had something to combat that with, something to put against that. And yes, they all laughed and would t- say, here they come and blah, 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 blah. And we want thus and so with us and blah. And you know, they're mocking. And you know, they're just perishing all the time too. And I'm thinking to myself, "Mm -mm, mm-mm, mm-mm, you don't know. You don't know, and you don't want to know. Because we're right here in your midst, willing to talk about the things of God, willing to talk about the relationship with Jesus. And not once can you even call that word relationship. You never, ever call that word relationship. And it was like, ooh, but it didn't matter because now we have put ourselves in a place to be under the authority of a ministry and the Word and the Spirit, and we're learning. So everything we were learning, it was like exciting, and it was so much greater and so much bigger than what we were always being told. I mean, we went through it all. My mother actually had the... And I'll get off of this. She had the audacity to tell me, I'm going to court and I'm going to try to take... Um, Christy, from you, because she has a right to grow up and choose her own way in religion. I la- then I laughed at her and I said, "Ma, if you want to, we'll lay our lives down before the judge. If you're willing to lay your life out there and let him make a judgment, this is when we had some justice." Yeah, just say that. When, I mean, I'm just saying, this is when you know you could trust justice. I said, you bring your life, I'll we'll bring our life. We'll lay it before the judge, and we'll see who gets Christy. No, I don't want to do that. I said, yeah, I didn't think so. So anyway, because, <laughs> you know, what, we used to laugh about this. It wasn't funny, but we did make fun of it. And it was the truth, though, that we had many closets and many skeletons in the closet, and all the doors had been left open. And that's what, that's what we would say. And, you know, it wasn't really that funny, but it was true. The doors were wide open and the skeletons were moving all around. So, you know, so I I felt confident, and I will bring my life, you bring your life, let's go for it. Okay, so anyway, Colossians 2a, it says, Beware lest anyone cheat you or lead you away, another uh, uh, translation says, through vain, or through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. Now listen, this is how you're led away. This is how we're cheated. I could have been cheated from some things in my life. Couldn't you have been cheated from some things? When you think in your life you could be cheated from some things. We could be led away from the good things, the right things, the true, true things... And we could have been cheated. And it would have been through the world's way, through philosophy, through empty deceit, according to the traditions of men. There's a lot out there. There's a lot out there. We don't want to. The reason we don't want to take it is because it will produce futility in us. It will produce that ineffectiveness that idleness in us, that we're just stopped in our tracks. I know that we all know people, you get a report and you're stopped in your tracks. They're stopped. And everything becomes about that report, everything. And it's like nothing ever good happened to them. Nothing ever good can ever happen again. They can't go through it. They can't get over it. They're not going to rise up from it. And it's not the truth. That is not the truth they 're just being led away and they're being cheated now i 'm talking about people that are in the Word and people that you know are seeking after God and they're just led away just like that they're just spun off I like to say they just got spun off they got pulled away the things that they used to know and want to want to talk about and and meditate on, they don't want anything to do with that anymore. If you even try to bring it up to them, they don't have anything to say about it. Or they say, I found that didn't work. You quit. You quit. Don't quit. Keep going. The feudal mind will quit. The futile mind will set, throw in the towel. The futile mind will not even recognize that we're being cheated out of what Jesus paid for, our salvation. I am not going to be cheated out of my salvation. And I'll just tell you now, because I'm a part of this ministry and I love this ministry and I'm not going anywhere... Those of you that aren't going anywhere either, you may have to see some things that aren't good. You may have to see some things that bother you about my life. But I'm telling you right now, today, this day, I will never quit. I will not allow the cheating to go on. I'm not allowing the cheating to go on. I will not be led astray. Amen? Amen. We have a mind that should be stayed on Christ, stayed on him. We talk about it all the time focused here. We talk about it all the time. We have to talk about it all the time because the world just wants to press in on us. But when the world presses in on me, I say back, I'm pressing into him and I'm to press on in this life. You can press in on me, but I'm pressing into him and your pressing is going to have to move. It's going to have to be released. I mean, you know what it is to squeeze something so hard that it almost hurts. I mean, really. But we don't have to live in that. We do not have to live in it. We don't have to have a feudal mind. We don't have to have a feudal life. We can know that we know that we know where we're headed. Amen? So turn with me to Romans 1. And I think we're going to do 20 and 21, and then I'll skip to 28. Romans 1, 20 and 21. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen. Being understood, now, now listen, being understood by the things that are made even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. He's talking about believers. He's talking about people that have received Christ, that are, that are looking at their salvation, out were without excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but they became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened back to the heart, back to our thoughts. It is so important to make sure what's coming into your heart. Yesterday, I had to guard my heart. I knew it before I ever got there. I knew it. I didn't know exactly how it was going to go, but I knew the people I'm going to, okay? And I knew, all right, guard your heart. The heart's guarded. I'm going in. I'm going to be a part of this event. It's to bless somebody else. I have no problem with that, but my heart is guarded. I will not receive anything that's said. I will not answer any questions that do not um, glorify Jesus. No, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I don't have to do it. You can make me think that I have to do it, but you know what? Hey, here's a thought. We don't have to tell all. How about that? Just because you ask a question, you don't have to tell all. Well, you don't. And, you know, sometimes I, when I hear people, and, you know, sometimes it wants to grab me too, and I want to tell more than I should, but thank you, Jesus, because I'm under the Word. The Holy Ghost stops me before I'm out there with it. <laughs> um, we don't have to do that. That's not our lifestyle. That's not my lifestyle. I'm, by not doing it, I'm guarding my heart. I'm not telling a lie. I'm not trying to, you know, not give you information. I'm just guarding my heart, and I know what I'm doing. I'm guarding my heart. I'm not going to be cheated. I'm not going to be led away. I'm not going to have a bad report be said to me when I've already taken hold of the good report. I'm just guarding my heart. So my heart's not darkened. My heart is not blind. You know, sometimes you have to think about these things. You have to think about blindness and darkness. Not everything is good about that. I mean, there's nothing good about blindness. And and darkness, you know, bad things happen in the dark. Things go on in the dark that we really need to know about, but... Sometimes it gets so dark, we don't catch them. So you, you have to think about these things, and I do think about these things. Then it says, down in verse um, 28, <laughs> it says, And even as they did not like to retain, because remember they knew God, they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind or to do things which are not fitting. He gave them over. He didn't make it happen to them. He didn't punish them because of what they were doing. He just let them go their way is what happened. Now, now we know that we're, we're revisiting things that we have been taught, and that's why I've been taught these things. I have all kinds of notes in all these scriptures. So someone taught me, showed me in the Word these, this way. And what it would mean for my life. What, what it would mean to me. What You have to decide, what is what is this word going to mean to your life? What is it going to mean to your life? Your life. Because you have a life, I have a life. We all have a life in here. I cannot bust into your life and make anything, you do anything that I think you should be doing. But yet, but yet you have a life. You have life. Well, we're going to get to that about the will. You have thoughts. You have ways. I have ways. I have to make sure my ways line up with God's way. Then I have to make sure my will lines up with His will. Then I have to make sure my life is going after His life. Then I have to make sure that my truth is His truth that I'm going for his truth, not the truth that I thought I knew. When we first got born again, Morgan and I thought we knew some things about God. We were born and raised in church. How could we not? How could we not know something? And then we were taken to the Word. And every service, this was the this was the conversation in the car. Morgan, Morgan, we we don't, we don't know God. And he'd say back to me, I know, and that's why we're here. This is why, why we're here at this place. And, but I was like, you're just amazed. You don't know. And, you know, humility had to kick in there because otherwise it was like, uh, we don't know anything. Everything we thought we knew, a scripture's opened up, and it's like, no, that's not him. No, that's not his way. Nope, that's not God's will. I'm like, What? 30 years old, born in the church, and I don't know anything about God? Nothing. When I tell you nothing, we're talking zero. And yet, we can know. We can please. We can walk upright, blameless, above reproach. All of this is in the Word of God. We can actually not sin, which, you know, we were told, no, everyone falls into it. No, no. You can encounter it and you can go the other way. Not everyone has to fall into the lake or the quicksand or whatever, the mud puddle. Not everybody. Some people walk around it. (laughs) Wow, we have got to stick with the Word. That's all I can say. We have to stick with the Word. So they didn't retain. They would not accept what they were being taught they would not accept it. And that's why they were given over to their own self. I really, I'm not interested in learning the hard way. (laughs) I don't don't want to learn the hard way. You know, I I don't want to learn that way. I mean, sometimes I go the hard way, but in my thinking, I never think to myself, I want to learn this the hard way. I'm going to learn the things of God the hard way. No, 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 no. Um, Turn with me to Proverbs (laughs) 14.8. It's a good life if you'll give yourself to it. I tell people that all the time. If you'd give yourself to it, you'd see it was a great life. You wouldn't want to live any other way. But you just don't give yourself. You get one foot in and one foot out, and it's easy to pull that foot back out. Instead of going all in with them, remember that year that the teen group and y'all, you and Pastor Bob, Pastor Ned took them, and that was their theme for the youth: all in. Wow, what a theme! What a what a lesson for youth: go all in. Well, when they came back and talked to us about it, I remember thinking to myself, "Well, I'm way past the youth, but hey, I want to go all in." And it was so good, so good that, you know, that's God's way, all in, all in, taking up with him, being willing to let go of my will and my way and my truth and my thoughts that don't line up with him and my way of life and my ways. And, you know, go all in with him and don't be concerned about, but I know to do it this way. Well, I know I did. I did, and I know that we do. But you can let it go, and God will sustain you while you're learning. I mean, I, I think about kids in school. If a child is, goes to school and he's given to going to school and likes school and will give himself to the teacher that's teaching him, that child, at the same time that he's giving himself to being taught and learning, he's not failing, and I, that's how I think about me and the Word. You should think about you and the Word like that. If I'm giving myself, and you know that if you are, if I'm paying attention and giving myself over and over and over to learn God, to learn His Word, to learn His Spirit, the God inside of me, then I'm not failing, I'm learning. God you, a kid doesn't fail in school while he's learning he's learning and he's going to be promoted That's the way it is Amen So I'm not concerned about that I'm 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 dis I'm being discipled and I'm I am a disciple and I continue to be discipled Cuz you can pull back from being a disciple if you don't continue to learn to be a disciple. You have to be discipled. Um, Verse 8, 14-8. It says, The wisdom of the prudent is to understand his way. That means the prudent man's way. But the folly of fools is deceit. Well, You know, prudence in the Bible is the ability to govern your life, the ability to govern and make decisions and also to reason the consequences. That's what prudence is in the Bible. We are to govern our own life according to the Word. We We should be able to make right decisions. We should not always stumble in every decision and have to get back up. We should be able to make good, solid, righteous decisions and to reason the consequences of those decisions. So we just don't get... We don't know what happened. Oh my gosh, we're in a mess now. we That should not be our life. You know, that, that life all the time of being... We don't know where we are. Hopelessly confused is what the Bible says. we That should not be our life. We are not to to stay with a futile mind. We are all the time seeking after God. The Holy Spirit in us is speaking to us, is leading us, is guiding us. He's correcting us. There's nothing wrong with correction. We're not really being flogged and beaten. Even though I've had people tell me that. Oh, that was horrible. I actually had someone tell me one time, I'm glad so-and-so wasn't here today because that would have been horrible for her. We all knew so-and-so was in sin, yeah. practicing it, <laughs> but a part of our body at that time. No, no, no. See, that is a futile thought right there. Mm. Are you kidding me? That was so-and-so's opportunity yeah. to turn. Yeah. That was so-and-so's opportunity to look around life and go, Oh, yeah, I don't belong here. This, is, this isn't the life Christ died for. This isn't the life of salvation. But that's how another member saw it and had the... Well, of course, I jumped all over it. I had to. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? That was opportunity. That was God. That was God to open the Word. It wasn't, it wasn't mean or anything. It was just the Word of God. There was no mocking, there was no criticism. It was preaching from the Bible the truth concerning that particular sin that they were in. Hello? <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, you, could not, you, you couldn't recognize that was God loving that person enough that the opportunity was there? So we have to be careful about futility. I'm telling you, we can get off about it. We can get right into it, in fact. We can be led away. It's just a thought. It's just a thought, and then it leads you that way. And then pretty soon you're over there, and then you're talking about it, and then you're connected with other people that are in the same condition. And it's like, no, 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 no. That's not right. That's not what we're doing. That's not who we are. We're going to have prudence. It says the prudent man, the wisdom of the prudent man. Amen. That's you and I. That's who God calls us to be. Amen. Um, let me, let me take you to another scripture. Philippians 2.13. Boy, we've, we've done this one a lot, but I want to show you something that the commentary said, and I had written this down in some of my old notes. And I, and honestly, I remember part of it, but I did not remember all of it. And then when I went back and I read those notes, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. See, revisiting, revisiting, revisiting. All right, 2.13. It says, It is God who works in you both to will and to do for His good pleasure. Um also there's another there's another um translation that says that he works in you both to desire and bring the power to do for his good pleasure so he works he wants to work a desire in us and he wants us to give us the power to do it you know we're not in this alone I'm not an island unto myself. I can only stand up and be confident and bold because I'm in this Word and I have this Word in me. I'm in the Word and the Word's in me. Amen? That's why we are bold. That's when you find yourself bold and confident in a situation because you know that you're in the Word and the Word's in you and that Word comes forth. It comes out of our heart. It comes through the renewed mind. It restores that soul, and it comes out our mouth into our life. It can't take a shortcut. The things of God is not shortcut. You know, the things of God, I mean, it's just not cliff notes. You know, you just can't flip through and go, I'm doing that today. You're not. I know you think you might be, but you're not doing it. I mean, once I had a topical Bible and I tried that because I went somewhere to a meeting and they said, oh, a topical Bible. They got up and said, a topical Bible, that's what you want. But it didn't help me to meditate. I just would run to the topical Bible. Sorrow, pain, sadness. (laughs) Boing, boing, boing. (laughs) That's how I looked at. Oh, it's just bouncing right off me. Boing boing, boing. I got the word out loud. I've said the word, but I know more and prepared with this word than nothing. That word is no more sewn into me than anything. And then I wonder, God, you did not come through in that situation. And I said, I prayed over sorrow. Really? No seed, nothing to grow. I'm like, I know that now. Do you think I could have found that out, though, staying in the topical Bible? No. I've never found that out. Not staying in a topical Bible. It'd be like a dictionary. That's all it would be, amen? All right, so, but here's what I want to, oh, here's what I want to talk to you about. This is what, this is really good. Um, this is what the commentary says about that word, that it is God who works in you. And the working is for your will and your doing. It's for your will, my will, your doing, my doing. God's not, God's will's already set. So He's not, you know, working to get his will right for me or for you and working to do something. So that you know everything lines up right, but it is we will and we do, it's our willingness and our doing. But here's what it says about that verb the works in the, in the um, Greek it says it's from a verb meaning to be active and produce an effect, and we get it from the word energetic. Now, you know, the world always talks about energy, don't they? I mean, oh my gosh, they talk about positive energy. They talk about the energy of the universe. They talk about this. They talk about that. But we're talking about our God, the creator of their universe that they're trying to get energy from. You know, they're trying to get energy out of the universe, but we have the creator of the universe. I don't think we have to go to the universe. We go to the creator. Amen? And here's what it says, though, about it. This is what the commentary said, almost every one of them. God produces an effect in us, and He has an influence over us that leads us to a certain result. So He's not pushing us. He's not making us. He's not forcing us. He is leading us, and He is supposed to be the influence in our life. And then it says... But we are the ones that have to will and do. We have to come under the influence. And I think about being forced as opposed to being influenced. Influenced is a good thing, the right influence. We're talking about the right influence. Forced is never a good thing because we're not all in. We're not all in. There's a part of me that you can see me. I showed up. I'm here. I'm doing something, but I'm not all in. If my will and my actions don't line up, I'm not all in. Right. I'm not. I'm not willing. I'm not being obedient. It could look like it, but God knows different, and I know different. So it's, So here's what it says. It says, the influence of God can move someone to a desired result or action. And it will bring our will along with it. When we come under the influence of God, I don't have to work so hard on my will that I'm just trying to beat my will, force my will. No, you need to come under the influence. You need to be influenced by God. Not forced. It's not religion. It's not religion. I learned a lot of rules in religion. The one rule I did learn, though, is that when the doors were open to the church, you ought to be there. You ought to be faithful to that particular ministry. And you know what? I'm thankful for that. But I cannot actually say that's the only thing I ever learned about the habit, the good habit. That's really all I ever learned about God from that. But then it says, but if you're forced, it's always against the will. Always. Because that's what forcing is. I'm going to take you. You see kids being drug around by their arms in stores. They're no more going to behave. That parent just has them trying to control them. And that's what forcing is. It's an outward control instead of inward. Inward, inward, coming from us, not coming at us and trying to jerk us all around and get us in line. Amen? And then it said this. What, what is the reason that we want to come under the influence? One, we want to overcome sin. We want to become transformed. That's another reason to come under the influence of God. We want to take up with what God has um, given. You know, He paid a high price and given us something. And we want to develop in a different lifestyle than what we have. You know, I am still working on my lifestyle. I'm never going to quit working on my lifestyle. I don't care who tells me, you know, I appreciate you, you know this, you know that. You can, you can tell me the nicest com- um, compliments, and I'm not saying they're not genuine. I'm not saying that. But if you think that is going to make me stop from working on the lifestyle that God has shown me that I could have, no, I won't ever quit. I'm never going to quit. I'm going to continue working. Amen? Amen. I will have to quit this. But, um, <laughs> but, but I might take it up the next time I'm up here because it's important to understand if you're being cheated. It's important to understand if blindness is coming. If you're, are we losing our sight about truth, about the way we are to be? You know, Pastor Bob and Pastor Nid both are teaching us about God's path. I'm so thrilled about those teachings. Because we can step off the path. We can walk like this, one foot out and one foot in the path. We're not going to get the the really good God results. But yet, we are made and created to get God's results, period. And really, the enemy knows he can't really do anything about the one who wants it. The one who will seek after it. The one who will run You know, we, we talk about... i got to quit talking, but I, I can't help it. This keeps coming up in me. We have that song that we sing now about the goodness of God running after us. You know what? I've felt like sometimes if I look behind me, sometimes i felt like there's not anything good running after me, but yet I know different than that. There is something good running after me. God's running after me just like I'm running after Him. I am being run after, but by God. Not the enemy, not that... Thing that wants to run me down and beat me down and shove me out of the way and knock me out of the race. I will not be knocked out of the race, will you? Oh, yeah. right. No, we aren't knocked out of the race, glory to God. Oh, Jesus. So, Father, I thank you and I praise you. We honor you, Lord God, and we do glorify and magnify you with with our attention, with our knowledge, Father God. We acknowledge you this day, Father. We acknowledge the work of salvation. We acknowledge the lifestyle that you want to have for us, Lord, that we can we can enter into it. We can grab hold of it. We can take hold, Father God, and we can settle down into it, Father God, willingly and obediently, Father. It's a good lifestyle. It's the right way, Lord God. It's It has nothing but truth in it. Nothing but truth. And it's all life, Father, because it comes from You. We thank You for the abundance of life that's in Christ Jesus. Oh, we thank You, Lord God. And Father... We're going to come to You, Father God, with our giving, with our substance, with our seed, with our tithes, with our offerings, Father. They're all righteous acts of giving, Father. They're Your way, Father God, for us to know Your love, to know Your increase, Father, to know the life that we are to live, Lord, that we are not ashamed of Your prosperity, Lord God. We are not ashamed of Your gain. We are not ashamed of Your increase, Father God. We will enter in with gladness, glad glad glad, gladness of heart, Father God. We thank You for it and we praise You for it. And everybody said, Amen.